My name is Emma Miller. You are listening to Friarside Chats, where every episode I sit down with Father Michael Martin to bring humor and a Franciscan perspective to the exciting, puzzling, and even ordinary parts of life. Hi, Father Mike. How are you doing this morning? I'm doing great, Em. How about yourself? Good. It's a Friday, our day off, but we are recording. We are here for our listeners, always, yes. always giving. Always. The billions and billions that are out there waiting for their this edition <laughs> of, of the, the Fireside Chat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm really excited about this episode because it's part one of a two-part series on relationships. Wow. Yeah. Um, so today we are going to dive into family and friends, and then next episode, we'll dive a little bit deeper into romantic relationships, um, maybe even enemies, and of course, our relationship with Jesus. So Nice tease there. Yes. If, they, if they're not crazy about this first one, they'll definitely come back for the romantic part. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so, Good. thinking about family, I'm um, going to put you on the spot a little bit. I hope Beverly hears this. How often do you call your mother? You know, that's not the measure of all, you know, relationships of how often you call your mom. But it's probably a good indicator. I would say I, I talk to her at least once a week. Uh, some I try tried a little maybe in the last few years to do maybe a little bit more than that. But uh, uh, and believe me, if uh, if I don't call once a week, she'll call and just leave the old message. <laughs> hey, just wondering how you're doing, which is really code for, hey, you didn't call me. <laughs> so I um, but I enjoy um uh, enjoyed talking with my mom and, and staying connected with her, but not just her, my sisters, uh, brothers-in-law, my nieces and nephew, you know, it's good. Uh, uh, I'm blessed. Actually, even my extended family, I, I try and stay in touch uh, yeah. with uh, some of my aunts and uncles and that, that type of thing and uh, cousins. And and so it's hard. I mean, you know, you know, it's when you don't live nearby your family, you don't live near your family either. And um, it, it, it's work, right? I mean, in the good sense, it's yeah. not like it's, you know, oh my God, I have to call my parents, you know, yeah. but, uh, um, but I do get that sense sometimes from the students that it's work so much so that I will admit to sometimes, um, making that a penance when, when students, I do, I do. In I, confession? In confession, yeah. <laughs> you know, sometimes the students will confess, you know, having a, uh, being at odds with their parents or whatever. I'll, I'll sometimes I'll say, you know, how often do you text or, or call your parents? And, you know, sometimes you get the, well, you know, every two, three weeks, I'll say, oh, all right, for your parents, if you can, you know. <laughs> we have a conversation about whether they can or not. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. I just think that, you know, staying staying connected is kind of half the battle, you know. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's a whole other half, and it's not a battle, but you know what I mean. It's uh, you, yeah. can't, you can't really have a relationship when you're not... Um, not staying connected. How about you? Do you, uh, what, is it easier for you to call or text? Is What's the... I have to admit, I'm like this whole generational gap here. I do text my parents a lot more than I call them. Um, but it's nice. It's an easy way to like bring them into something random in your daily life that like you wouldn't pick up the phone to tell them this 10 second piece of information. Um, but I do, I do often, um, you know, desire to call them more. And I have made that my Lenten penance before, too, <laughs> to call more often. Well, it was the Lenten penance that you then let go of on Easter Sunday. Is that one of those? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I'm glad your mom and dad know that you're a penance to yeah. them. So. But even, like, I, I am starting to appreciate um, 
the outreach a little bit more. This is the first um, Christmas that I wrote Christmas cards to my aunts and uncles and their responses as they texted me back when they got them because they were all just handwritten notes and they really appreciated it. And I was like, oh my gosh, I need to be doing stuff like this more often. That's so true. You know, I for time, at least initially, I didn't find texting with my family to be anything other than utilitarian. You know, where are we <laughs> meeting, when, you know, that's, and I'm not a big texter, but I, I do agree with you that I think as you will put, sort of inviting them into some moment in my day. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I like that that thought. And I, um, you know, it doesn't have to be so Hallmark-esque, yeah. you know, where, where it's some well thought out, oh, just wanted you to be a part of this beautiful sunset that I'm seeing. You know, <laughs> that, that's fun. That's fun, too. But more importantly, uh, to it, it communicates, I think, really powerfully, I'm thinking of you, mm-hmm. you know, and isn't that so much the heart of of the big relationships of our lives to say you're a part of my life I, I'm thinking yeah. of you you know you're in my life wherever I am mm-hmm. yeah. yeah you know you and I have talked multiple times about like personal family struggles um, and I know that there are a lot of students and listeners out there too who might um, struggle in their relationship with a parent or a sibling what is what is something that they might need to hear uh, as they hear us? being so jolly about our family lives right now. Our great families, our perfect families. Well, I think, you know, the first thing you and I both can sort of attest to is that there is no perfect family. And mm-hmm. we've both had uh, struggles in our own family lives at times when we've been at odds. And one of the things I, I just noticed, I hear students saying is there's this, it's it's like two prongs. It's kind of interesting. The, the one dynamic is that sense of they don't get me. Yeah. You know, whether it's a parent or a sibling, they just don't get who I am. So there's that kind of rub. And then on the other side, there's this sense of guilt that I'm at odds with, Mm -hmm. you know, and and I just think calling those two things what they are, you know, and say, um, you know, what does it mean to say they don't get me? And what is what what's really at the heart of the being at odds? Mm -hmm. Don't you think? And. Um, the, the being at odds part, um, gosh, tons, right? I mean, <laughs> students you talk to too, there's, uh, imagine the, the variety of ways in which students can be at odds with their parents or a sibling, yeah. uh, over some, oftentimes it's a hurt, right? Something mm-hmm. that, that they're holding on to something that was said or a, uh, a rebuff or something. And, and, and I just think in that moment, you just have to, you have to say, can I let it go? Mm-hmm. And oftentimes letting it go, I just, I draw on the image of Jesus on the cross, you know, and, and where he is letting go of these people who um, are are killing him. I mean, it's just, you know, that that's an extreme example, obviously, right? But um, but I, I think that, that ability to let go is such a life skill. Mm-hmm. I don't know, has that... It's easier said than done, don't you think? Yeah, I um, honestly, for me, the key was um, I, I had a hard time letting go of the hurt and the frustration I had um, with, with one of my parents until I really embraced how deeply I'm loved by Jesus and that in all my weakness and error and screwing up, he still forgives me. And if he can do that, I can learn to like, I can learn to do that too. Right. So it really right. wasn't until I realized how loved I was 
and then you know that love extends extends to that person too and i i better learn how to how to do it yeah and that's so true and and it really reaffirms the fact that we really can't love others until we know that we ourselves are loved you Mm -hmm. know in the real sense um i also think that other dimension of they don't get me yeah of course you know who does yeah who gets me fully you know i I, my the friars i live with don't fully get me you know my family doesn't all i'm I'm a you know i'm the oddball in my family i mean you know all my (laughs) sisters are married with children you know and my mom so i'm the one not married guy you Mm -hmm. know i'm the you know i'm the the religious i'm a priest i'm very different and yet very much the same as my sisters you know my 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 mom my dad but um so one thing that's helped me is that whole Franciscan sort of from the peace prayer of St. Francis, you know, rather, you know, better, better to, to understand than to be understood, mm-hmm. you know? And so I try and ask myself every time I feel at odds with somebody in my family, cause they don't get me. I ask myself, am I really trying to get them? You know, how much effort do I put into really understanding my sisters and what they're going through or my uncle or my nephew or my niece or whatever, really trying to understand them and make it about them. Because the more I, the the rift becomes, they don't get me, the, the, the the more it's about me. Mm -hmm. And I just don't think that's at the heart of relationships. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> tough, tough, tough. Great, all the great so stuff, you know? And those are those are all things I've come to understand, but man, it just, it took so much time. I feel like... Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, we have a lifetime, you we know? We do, we do, we do, we do. <laughs> but at the same time, knowing that even, you know, my dad died at, at uh, gosh, what was he, 15, 59? Yeah, 59. And I was with him the day before, and we had been a little estranged mm-hmm. a little bit in the months prior to that, but we had a great day the day before he yeah. died, you know? But some, you know, take that opportunity. Mm-hmm. My gosh, take that opportunity, because you never know, especially with family. You never know how long you're going to have them. You yeah. Know? I like this uh, component that you're talking about, uh, how do they really get you? Do you feel like your friends, quote unquote, get you better? And do you like, do you seek out friends who seem like they more naturally understand you? That's a great question. I, I, I do think that um, our, our truest friends tend to be people who um, maybe have more similar lifestyle or similar goals in life or, you know, you know they don't have to be exactly the same. You know, I'm, my best friend, um, Father Mike Heine is, you know, is a Yankee fan. I mean, I, I oh. loathe, I loathe the Yankees, right? But, but we, we share, we just, we enjoy sports. I mean, that, that's a, a point of connection. Who's lower, Yankees or Steelers? That's a great question. Uh, you know, if they could both be <laughs> kind of set adrift on an island, <laughs> my, my life would be You'd complete. You'd be a happy camper. Right, yeah. <laughs> but, um, you know, I, I think that uh, it's hard to um, to connect with people that are very different from us. Although that's what we're called to do in mm-hmm. friendship a lot of times, to stretch out a little bit and, and to see some folks and to, to be around people that aren't the same as us. It, it, I, I think it's always healthy if you've, if you've got different kinds of folks and you know different like circles of friends mm-hmm. that you sort of meander in and out of all the time. But mm-hmm. uh, I, I do think that my close friends get me. I do. Yeah. Yeah. They may not like what they get, but they get me. <laughs> um, you know, I am, 
I am genuinely often very impressed by um, the friendships that you've made with so many other members of the religious life community and Duke administrators. I think your your life and lifestyle is so different from theirs, and yet you still you make it a priority to um, to spend time with them and to develop your relationship and friendship with them. I know, but you do the same thing. I mean, think about it. Don't you? I mean, don't you yes. have some? You have different friends and sort of different kind of groups or mm-hmm. you know, and you make an effort and it, it's all about that that effort to try and stay connected yeah but i also think it's also realizing what connects us what's the real connection you know mm-hmm. absolutely i guess have you found it easy in your lifetime to make friends i'm naturally an extrovert so i think i do find it somewhat easy but i i feel for some of our students you know i i, I sense that uh, especially once they first get on campus uh it's they're thrown into this like massive mosh pit of you know of other students and the expectation is that instantaneously you will make lifelong friends people that will be in your wedding you know people that will be godparents to your kid you know like the these intense relationships of friendship that will be instantaneous and in your sorority or your fraternity whatever it might be uh, and, and i'm not i i just you know different people kind of go at it different ways and for some folks they all they need is one really good friend you know Mm -hmm. and others you know need you know a a huge massive list you know so I I I think about our students that way and and I think there's pressure about how you're perceived relative to your friends Mm -hmm. you know and uh, rather than maybe just saying hey this is me I, I you know I'm not I don't need 50 friends but the other is what kind of friend do I need to be? Yeah. You know, that I think that's the maybe the too often unanswered question. Mm-hmm. You know, do I ask myself what kind of a friend am I to my other friends? I hear students say a lot, you know, I'd be interested. What do you think when you hear students say, she's always there for me? Don't you hear that a lot? I do. I do. And I'm just not sure I know what it means. <laughs> um, so like I, I think what they mean is anytime, no matter what, they could pick up the phone, call for this person, and the person would drop whatever they were doing and be there for them. I guess for me, I just as as I've gotten a little older, I I acknowledge I can't always be there for you. Mm-hmm. You know, that some of the things that I want from my friends, mm-hmm. they can't deliver. Yeah. You know, some of it is now that I've moved around and I, I think our students are going to find this, you know, once you graduate, you know, does everybody drop everything and fly to Chicago to be, you know, to be <laughs> with you? I, I just don't know how, how fair that is. And I think asking ourselves deeper questions about what am I really looking for yeah. when I say that I want someone to always be there for me. Uh-huh. And to me, there's only one person who's always there for me yeah you know and that doesn't and that's jesus and that does not diminish the the role my best friends mm-hmm. play in my life or the role that i play as a, hopefully a very good or best friend in their lives yeah. i try to be there for them but i also don't try and make myself something that i'm not or mm-hmm. expect them to be something that they're not you know oh ab- absolutely and i have i in this vein, I have started to realize that my friends who are who are really there for me are ones I know when I need it. If even if they can't be there for me, they will they will pray with me, which right. is I that is such a powerful experience to to know when you're struggling, even if your friend can't do anything to help you, that they will pray with you or pray for you, and that is 
powerful. It means something. I noticed your eyes welling up a little bit. We should have had like a podcast <laughs> cam where we could see Em's getting a little weepy, as she said. But I, I only, I, I, I joke a little bit, but only to point out how moving what you just mm-hmm. said was that to know that that's how I can always be there for you. Yeah. Uh, as, as your friend, that uh, I, I can pray with you, I can pray for you. And that's not just cheap talk. You no. know, we believe that our faith teaches us that that's a powerful way to be uh, a really wonderful friend. Yeah. Yeah. So anyone, anyone who's out there listening and you feel a little intrigued by this, I challenge you, like, find one friend this week. Um, if they're going through a tough time or something joyous or you're having a hard time, invite them in to pray together literally just for, like, two minutes. Start yeah. with two minutes. It's a baby step. might feel awkward. But I can't tell you how powerful that's been in my friendships um, and, and my personal faith life, too. And also pray for them in mm-hmm. your own prayer time. Absolutely. Hold up your pr- friends. And I, I, you know, don't hold them up and say, Lord, you know, please fix Stephanie. She's, <laughs> she's such a mess. You know, please fix her. No, just be with the Lord in, or be with Stephanie in the presence of the Lord. Hold her up or Bill or whatever. Lord, I just want to. I want to raise up my good friend, Steve, and hope that um, you can just bless him in whatever way he needs. You know, just mm-hmm. not, not trying to fix yep. him or her, but rather, you know, just uh, raising them up in mm-hmm. Christ in your prayer is a powerful, uh, powerful way to stay connected. You don't have to necessarily text or yeah. call, but uh, it's still a way to be be uh, be in great relationship. Absolutely. Awesome. This is so good. I'm so excited for the next round too. It's going to be awesome. Oh man, we're we're going to we're going to top the charts. I mean, it's, it's going to be wild. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, we are glad that you have joined us for another episode of Friarside Chats. Feel free to email us anytime with your thoughts, any questions you might have about the episode or suggestions for future episodes. So we'd love to hear from you. And for more information about uh, any dimension of the ministry of the Duke Catholic Center, visit us at catholic.duke.edu. Friarside Chats is supported by many generous donors, students, parents, alumni, and friends of Duke just like you. To learn how you can support Friarside Chats or any of the ministries of the Duke Catholic Center, visit catholic.duke.edu backslash support. Thank you so much, Father Mike. Appreciate it. God bless. See you next time on Friarside Chats. Every episode, I sit down with Father Michael Martin and bring... Sorry. (laughs) I'm sorry. Okay, okay, okay. Pause.